What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Clap Bomb Podcast. This is episode 26. It is August 20th, a Friday. I think we're actually going to be putting this up on everywhere tomorrow, Saturday, the 21st. So it's a little late here, but it's never too late for a podcast. It feels so good to be back. Uh, Eli, real quick. I, I just, again, we just do this all the time. Any Anything you want to update us on before we get going here? Yes, you may notice I'm in a new setting. Um, I just moved back up to college. It will, this wall will not be white soon but for now it's white um and uh yeah just excited to be back up at college uh gonna finish up the senior year and uh start real life just nice. uh i'm also going back to college within a week here so i'm not looking forward to that actually more like four days and then uh that's pretty much what's all going on with me and for the youtube viewers at least or really anyone that looked at the title of the podcast there is a guest finally after all this time we finally have a guest uh, you guys might know him on Instagram as Nolan Films. He's getting close to 1,000 followers. He's a diehard Chicago sports fan, and I figured he'd be perfect for this podcast because this podcast is going to be mostly Blackhawks theme. But uh, welcome to the show, Nolan. How are you doing, man? Great, guys. Thanks for having me on. You know, just got the uh, just got the new college move-in, so decided to throw in a couple Blackhawks jerseys up here. Decided to match with you guys with the Brinkett jersey, so we're ready to roll, aren't we? Yeah, if you if you want, you can tell us a little bit about yourself too. You don't have to go into you know personal stuff if you don't want to specific details, but whatever. I just want to give you this opportunity to talk a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah, so uh, I'm Nolan. I am currently now a sophomore at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Uh, just moved in here a couple of days ago. Actually, it's kind of different because it's the first time I've actually moved away from Chicago. So it's a little bit different, you know, time change. You know, actually getting to hang these on my wall instead of you know looking at the Bears colors on my ball. I mean, it's pretty different. Um, yeah, I'm 19. I'm a sophomore here. Um, yeah, been in Chicago my whole life. Love my Chicago sports teams. Cubs over Sox, though. That's a big one. Correct. Yeah. Correct, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I honestly can't wait to uh, can't wait to see what the Hawks do. Can't wait to see what the Bears do. Can't, see what, can't wait to see what the Bulls do. You know, hopefully the Cubs can turn it around in a couple of years, but <laughs> yeah that's wishful thinking isn't it yes so uh but yeah welcome to the show great to have you as i said it's going to be mostly blackhawks news uh i guess any news previews just it's all blackhawks because i feel like eli and i would just spend way too much time talking about this stuff in a different episode with other important points to get to and that's why i decided you know what this is probably it is an nhl podcast but i just want to dedicate it to the team that eli and i love and nolan as well so before we get into any news with the Blackhawks or any of that, there has been a lot that has happened since the last episode. It's been like two and a half weeks since our last one. Uh, we're not <laughs> going to cover all that. There's been, you know, retirements. There's been a couple trade signings. There's There's been things. Uh, if we don't talk about something that you want us to talk about, I'm sorry, but there's just way too much. But we have four points that we want to talk about. And Eli, is there one that you want to start with of those four? Uh, sure. Let's get into the uh, the emotional one. Get that out of the way. Henrik Lundqvist okay. today just retired. Um, 15 year career. Uh, I would probably call him one of the greatest goalies of all time. I'm not sure about you guys, but he's uh, definitely up there. One of the most acrobatic goalies I think I've ever seen. Like every year, no matter how old he gets, he's always making one, you know, a save where he's flipping over. He's rolling in the ice and it's, it's just unbelievable. It, you know, it, you know, year after year, it's like, this guy's still doing it? Holy shit. Right. 
Yeah, I have to agree with that. Uh, just real quick, I'll list off the stats, and then I'll let Nolan get his thoughts on this one. His career stats, 887 games played, 459 wins, 310 losses, nine, uh, 96 overtime losses, a career goals against average of 2.43, and a career save percentage of 918. So that is just phenomenal. He won a Vesna in his career as well, didn't win a cup, and – it's just a shame that he's going out. He didn't really get to go on his own terms. If you don't know, he did He did leave New York. He was going to be a Washington Capitol, and then he had to have open heart surgery. And just there was – we pretty much knew that there was no chance he was coming back. And he was training, and it looked like maybe, and it just – I think this is the right choice. And Nolan, any thoughts on this one? Uh, I mean, he's one of the greatest goalies of my generation, you know, our, our generation. I think, you know – getting up there in age it's it sucks it sucks seeing him go and I also think it sucks not seeing him lift the trophy because he was what around for I want to say 18 19 years around there I think it was 15 15 yeah 15 oh it's 15 all right no I'm overshooting because you know he's he's been pretty much around since (laughs) you know basically since this time I started watching hockey it was like guys like him it was guys like you know Flurry, which we'll get into later guys like Price guys like Brodeur you know these kind of guys who you watch them and you think they're completely elite. And I think, you know, Lundqvist especially was, I'd probably say, you know, me a top three for sure. I don't know how to differentiate that him price and flurry. Cause three of them, they're all so great, but I think I'm going to miss him a lot for sure. Yeah. Especially, you know, him in a Rangers uniform, he was the face of that franchise for so long. So. Uh, Eli, what's the, how many, what's he like in all-time wins? What's his What's his rank? I can look it up real quick. I was okay. I was wondering like, he's he's got to be up. I think he's top ten. Yeah, I think him. And oh no, he's, have to yeah, he's top, top he's top ten. Uh, and also, the Rangers did announce at some point during the regular season this coming year he, he will have his number retired. So that's, which I think is the right move. Right, right. That's going to be awesome. Uh, so that I, I mean, again, he didn't win a cup, and Roberto Longo kind of said, "Hey, we could do a podcast to uh, two goats, no cup," um, which I thought that was uh, Longo is just such a beauty. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's sad, but there are some silver linings. Uh, you, did you find it? Yes. Um, just for a fun fact, Mark Andre is third. Oh, wow. uh, Roberto Longo is a fourth, and Lundqvist is the only Swede in the top thirteen. And he's at six. Wow. Okay. So six of uh, all time, six in all time wins in the NHL for a goalie. That's just amazing, amazing career. And unfortunately, no Stanley Cup. And yeah, but at least he'll have his number retired. Any more thoughts on one quiz before we move on to the next point? No, I think it got okay. it. I right. think that's kind of pretty much it. I mean, I think it's kind of cool though that his his brother is still actually still playing in Sweden. His oh, identical boy, Joel. brother, Joel. That was one of our uh, guys when we played on um Chell. On Chell. We, yeah. What team does he play for? For Lunda or oh, something? For Lunda. Yeah, yeah, for Lunda, yeah. Oh dude, whenever we uh, just randomly pick a team, oh he made the And now uh Eli brings that up. I guess that will be our next point. Uh NHL twenty two got uh released. Or well not released, but the trailer got released and I had my <laughs> you mean re released? Yeah, right, right. And, you know, I, I'll get in. My two cents will, will be more like 25 cents because I'll spend too much time on it. But I'll let whoever wants to go, I guess, just give their thoughts on the NHL 22 trailer. Because I know it's not, the, it's, it's a video game at the end of the day, but it's still something to talk about. So, 
Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty cool that you can like knock like the AI or maybe the AI doesn't. Who knows? But it looks like you can knock the puck out of midair and like they'll adjust for like sauce passes and stuff. So that's kind of cool. But I'm not getting my hopes up, man. I'm I'm like staring at this commercial, uh, the, the the trailer, and I'm like, damn, how are they gonna let it down? Is if you play uh, Chell Twenty One, it's like at it's like there's problems here, problems there. Like I'd be playing franchise mode, and um, when I'm playing game, they'll list someone's like career stats, and they'll be like because someone's like hitting a milestone or whatever, and it'll be like. You know, a couple of years down the line, it'll be Patrick Kane having, you know, hitting some number. And it'll say he has like 100 goals, 230 assists for like whatever points. I'm like, that's not right. What the? And it's just small things like that that really bothers me. Of course, there's a major problem since it's just bothers me that NHL clearly doesn't care that it's different than Madden, I think. Um, because NHL, they, they, you know, sponsor this and they show it on their Instagram. They put on ESPN or, you know, NHL network and have like the tournaments for like a thousand dollars or whatever. So they care about it. And that's, that's, what's frustrating. It pisses me off. Well said you, I well said Nolan, your thoughts. I mean, I can't help but saying it's NHL 15.7. You know, I'm going to say this, I will be. Less skeptical once the game comes out. And obviously, I'm not on next gen. I'm still on, you know, my PS4. I brought it to college. But I think the X Factor thing that they brought into the trailer, I think that might be too much like Madden, where it might be a little bit overpowered. You know, I've been playing the Madden franchise as long as I've been playing the NHL franchise. And I think, you know, the addition of the X Factors kind of hurt Madden in a way. I mean, it makes it kind of cool with that arcadey kind of feel. But like, right. I kind of want, you know, the actual. Exactly like NHL gameplay. And I think yep. another thing is the cover athlete, Matthews, again, and I think they're kind of getting lazy. I don't know if it's, you know, purely because of COVID and they just wanted to, you know, redo it. Um, but I think they should have had, you know, another guy. I know they were teasing Panarin. Panarin would have been sick. I know they were teasing Pasta. David Pasternak would have been sick. And I were think- they even teasing Panarin? Because they showed uh, Zabanjad in the trailer. Right. Panarin. So I was right. like, I think they were teasing Zabanjad, if anything. Maybe Which I also think, makes me mad because I think Panarin plays video games. Yeah, right. yeah. No, I think they had Panarin in one of the like trailer, uh, the trailer screenshots where it was like okay. the CCM skate and it was his exact CCM skate. And I think another guy, maybe two, because I know he plays video games for sure. That would have been cool. Nathan McKinnon. Yes. Also, I, I, I think I'm that would have been so sick with the alternate jersey. Like that alternate jersey is one of my favorite in all of hockey, and I think mm-hmm. him. With that, you know, just marketing, you know, not really in a big market like Denver, but like, I think, you know, for sure it would have been sick to have McKinnon on the cover and I've been pushing it for like the last three years or something like that. So go ahead, Eli. I, I'm kind of confused on why everyone's like, well, Crosby has been on it. It's like, well, yeah, he doesn't want to be on it. Like, right. And I'm not sure why people are still like mentioning him, like let the guy be that he's not the problem. The problem is that they haven't reached out to guys who actively play video games. People know Pasta plays video games. Like, the jerseys we're wearing. Dabrinkit plays video games. I think he probably plays more golf. Um. <laughs> we know Dabrinkit's Xbox. <laughs> don't, don't tell anyone, but we know, <laughs> we know his Xbox. Like, all his friends and stuff on there. But, yeah. Um, it's, it's not illegal. You can go check it out yourself if you know the way. But, um, 
there's guys who actively and it's known that they play video games and it's like you don't expand matthews is a great player you know led the league in goals great shot on a hurt wrist too but it's so boring and the worst part is i think some of the leaf accounts on instagram are just being assholes about it they're like keep crying i'm like i'm not crying about it it's just it's lazy i i want to see some sort of variation and i know ea's done this quite a bit with uh fifa i think uh players like um Messi's been on a couple times. Uh, Madden, you know, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, both been on it multiple times. We're both on it this year. Uh, clearly, this one, and it's just it, Matthew's on it two years, like two years ago, was it? it two years. Also, ago. I think the covers, yeah, that was NHL twenty. Yeah, the covers have gone so bland. Like I thought, the animated ish, um, solid, you know, orange PK Subban of like that solid background i thought that was really disgusting people seem to like it but like this one it, it's it's gray it it's kind of boring like give him an, an action shot or something like i thought the the mcdavid one was kind of cool is he you know celebrating stuff uh yeah. the one that they proposed with patrick and jonathan taze that one was really neat yeah um and then i think the jonathan taze one was ultimately pretty cool either way um, and Brodeur's one was pretty cool. Ed, they're just boring now. I don't know. I thought Stamkos and Giroux also. I think Stamkos was 2012 and Giroux was 13. 2013. Yeah, 2013. Yeah. I thought those were both pretty sick cover arts. Yeah. Uh, so my two cents on it. I mean, I so I agree with pretty much everything you guys said. Um, when you say 15, uh, NHL 15.7, I actually loved NHL 15. Okay, I loved it because I actually think the graphics in that game look pretty fucking good compared to some of the ones they've come out with recently, um, especially the ice in that game. Uh, but yes, I agree. I agree with the X factor thing that it, it, when I saw that, I'm like, that feels really cartoony, really like just like, I, I get that there are people that want to play the game in the arcade style. Like that's why threes is in the game. People love threes and, you know, playing with the mascots. I get that, but that does make it seem a little unauthentic. Uh, I just, so I don't like that. Uh, the trailer itself, when we, I should have known when I saw the Rangers teaser trailer thing, I should have known it wasn't going to be Panera. It wasn't going to be Savannah Jed because EA never teases what they're actually going to do. So I should have known. <laughs> they're like the Kraken um, with, um, uh, Ker- Kerfoot with Kerfoot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and the trailer itself, when I started, when I saw it, the first thing I noticed was the ice and well, really just the whole shyness of the entire trailer. And I'm like, why does this look so over animated? It looks like they like went in Premiere Pro, turned up sharpness all the way. And it and again, I know it's just the trailer, but like you also have to think like the trailer is usually what looks good. So the game usually looks worse. And I thought the trailer looked terrible. So that doesn't give me any good uh, first impressions for what the game might look like. Um, there were promising things in the trailer. Like when Malkin was coming in, he like kind of like actually used his hand to like stick lift, which that looked kind of cool. And there, you know, but uh, the graphics itself worried me. There was only one part of the trailer where I thought it actually looked good. And that's when Matthews was lining up for whether it was a, uh, it was a shootout or a penalty shot. I don't know. And it like just kind of froze on him. I'm like, that looks pretty good. Um, but other than that, like, and I guess the bandage, yeah, looked all right. But the graph, like Crosby didn't look like Crosby. People were saying he looked like Barkoff. Um, yeah, I saw that. There was, a, there was a picture of Kakanemi that went out that I, I couldn't believe that's what they did with the Kakanemi. That was, that was awful. <laughs> Uh, the graphics just don't look great and that's kind of what i expect every year and look i shell out the 60 bucks and for the people on the next gen it's 70 bucks i shell out the 60 bucks every year 
I, I complain, but it, realistically, it is the best hockey game on the market. But it does worry me. I know, and there's only so much you can do now because, what, I mean, really, what more can they do? They can't do much. They, I mean, I wish they would bring back GM Connected, GM Connected Winter Classic mode. Uh, and I don't know what kind of rights you have to get the Winter Classic mode back, but that's like depressing that that's not there. There's just a lot they could do. GM Connected mode is a one that I always hear about. Um, roster sharing, roster sharing. That's a huge roster one, sharing. Uh, I wish in practice mode they would either give us the Adidas practice jerseys or let us just like wear whichever ones we want and also play against whichever teams we want. Uh, I wish you could pick what stadium you want to play in and play now or whatever. Uh, there's just there's just so many things that they just limit you to, um, and I don't get it. People want 2K back, and I fully agree. And, yes, the cover was probably the biggest thing to me. People are like, the cover's not a big deal. I'm like, in the grand scheme of it, it's not. It's a fucking video game. It's not a big deal. But they went with Matthews which is lazy and it's a cash grab clearly because they, they know he, I know he's marketable and you can say like guys like McKinnon and Posner, they play video games. Maybe they were asked and maybe they said, no, Crosby says no. Apparently it's reported that he says, says no, because he just doesn't want it to be a distraction. I don't know if they asked McKinnon or Posternock and if they did and they said no, then that's one thing, but if they didn't even bother asking him, then that's a completely different story. Um, and so, yes, the fact that it is Matthews alone is lazy, but the, the worst part about it is the cover. It, it's literally just a photo that they took and slapped on there. And it's just so lazy. And I thought the Ovechkin one last year was a bad cover. Uh, but this is just this is just terrible. And uh, it, again, my first impressions aren't great, which isn't a good sign, but usually they're never great. I don't go to the GameStop counter every year and go, I'm so excited. Like, I remember I used to be that way. Like, NHL 17, I was excited to get that game. And I loved that game. 18 too. 18, 18 wasn't that great. But uh, there were some new things in there that I did like. But uh, yeah, I'm not excited about this game yet. Yeah, I'm still gonna pay sixty bucks for it. That's my that's my two cents on it. I would uh, argue that the cover is very important for like, especially right now. They're switching over ESPN and uh, uh, NHL TNT. on TNT. T- TNT. Yeah, NHL on TNT. They're trying to get a different market. They're trying to expand the game, especially in the United States, yeah. where you know you've had guys like uh, Kellerman come out. Uh, how long was it? Two years ago? A year ago? And say it's hockey's not a top four sport in in states so they they want to expand it clearly by going to espn and tnt and getting a lot of money for it too um so it's clearly important and especially the one um i saw the two covers is the one cover where matthews is walking down the hall in his hockey gear and stuff and then the other one was tim taping his stick it's just it's just like that's not showing and bringing in people if someone sees that from a distance who doesn't really know hockey, how are they going to be like, that's a hockey game? And that picture, you know? I'm walking down the hallway. I will say, it's a pretty cool picture, but it's they, a cool picture, they didn't but... do anything to it. And uh, actually, you brought up TNT and ESPN. That's another point I wanted to bring up. That scoreboard and that commentator, the guy, I don't know, his, I can't say his last name. I, I can James Sabolsky. Well, no, no, I can say that guy's name. Um, uh. Rammer, whatever. I ever say Rammer at NHL. That's, that's the guy, Rammer. He's like the head guy over there. He's a Canucks fan, and James Zabalski is a radio guy for the Canucks. So that's kind of where that – I see that coming in as how, that's where that hire came in because the lead, I guess well, – I wouldn't say developer, but just overseer, I guess, and, and Rammer over there. Uh, he just – so you got James Zabalski, who's a Vancouver radio guy, who is not good. I, I haven't had it. I haven't had commentary on in the game ever since we lost Doc American. I get that they lost the NBC licensing, and obviously NBC Sports isn't – for hockey, at least, isn't a thing anymore. But uh, MLB The Show, I, great game. 
just phenomenal. It blows me away that that game. I, I worth all my sixty dollars I paid for it, and it's only it's only a dollar on Xbox Game Pass. It's ludicrous. Anyway, the game is amazing, and in that game you can pick between two different broadcasts. You got the MLB sh- the show broadcast, which is you know their broadcast, or the MLB Network. And in this game, we're not going to get ESPN or TNT or Sportsnet or any or TSN or any of that. We're going to get the EA Sports broadcast. There's just so many things they don't do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Eli, you do say the cover is important. Everyone tries to argue it's not. I do agree with you. I think it's important, but I'm kind of being forced to say it's not by most people, it seems like. And now it's not unheard of that we've had multiple athletes on the cover either. Ovechkin's been on it twice. Taze has been on it twice. And Kane almost was on it twice. Should have been. Should have been. And then now Matthews. And the difference between Taze and uh, uh, Taze, Ovechkin, and then Matthews, first two guys – it wasn't within two years. Taze was like, uh, what was it? Oh, six. No, no, it was, uh, it was NHL 16 and it was NHL 11. Cause Kane was on oh. NHL 10. Okay. And then Ovechkin was like, Oh, Oh six or Oh seven or something like that. And then eventually on 18. So it's just, or not 18. Um, tw- uh, 21. I don't know why I said 18 anyway. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's lazy. I, I know why they want to pick Matthews, but it's just, a, it, it looks like a giant cash grab and it really shows me where I think EA's head's at. And I don't think they really care what the game comes out to look like and, and be. And the ice worries me too, because the ice was just so gray. I know ice kind of looks gray, but that it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Also, why are at least fans so happy? Only one cover athlete has won the cup. That's right. In like the last 20 years. And that was Jonathan Taves. Yeah. And Although... I think it was only two have advanced past the first round, which yeah. is the big leaf's <laughs> woe. So it's yeah. like. And only, but only 50% of the last two Americans have won the cup, one being on the cover. So, right. So, they do have a good chance in that regard. Anyway, if we but, spend any more time on this, I feel like we might, we might be able, we honestly probably could have done a whole podcast on NHL 22. It is just so infuriating. When we get more video, we'll probably talk. Right. About it. Yeah. That, it was a very, yeah. The trailer, video. the trailer had no gameplay, which is kind of, <laughs> they were, you know, be like, oh, check that game in like a day. Right. I mean, it's big. No, it's yeah. not. Yeah, it was just uh, okay. Anyway, uh, two more points before we get to the Blackhawks. Uh, the Coyotes—they are losing their arena uh, after this year. They owe like over a million dollars too. It's a bad situation. Not really too surprising that they're getting kicked out of their arena. And hopefully, for me, I—I'm so happy they're bringing back the Kachinas full time. But I hope they get kicked out of Arizona. It—it's it just time to go. It, it's time. Now that people want to say Houston, I don't think Dallas needs two hockey teams. So either you move them out of, you know, the American Airlines Center and then move them to Houston or something or move them somewhere else. Quebec is obviously one that people want to see. Uh, but yeah, they're getting kicked out of this, uh, their, their arena after this season. They have uh, played there for the past 18 seasons. They were originally the Phoenix Coyotes and now they are the Arizona Coyotes. Now there's been rumors they might move to Tempe in Arizona, but uh Gutierrez, the, Co- uh, the Coyotes president, says they're determined to stay in Arizona. But uh, yeah, I just think it's time to go. But uh, that's up to Alex Marowello as well, the owner. And uh, we'll see what happens. But what are your guys' thoughts on this? I've been pushing the Coyotes to Houston train for about three to four years now. I think it just makes too much sense. But I know they're really committed to making you know Arizona their long-term home. I think Batman's been pushing that for the last 25 years. 
and they've been pushing it themselves even you know throughout bankruptcy when they had it i think it was like nine or ten years ago right before the last lockout i think yeah but they said they want to move and i believe it was towards the eastern part of phoenix because uh glendale is on the west side and east side so like scottsdale area they'd have like 70 percent of their season ticket holders so from a marketing standpoint you kind of want to move to somewhere near scottsdale but i think they should scrap the whole idea and just go to houston anyway so why do i not understand why houston's a hockey market i just never would have thought am i like am i am i missing something i just didn't know i just think from a business perspective like they're i think the fourth highest populous um fourth highest populous market in all of the united states you got new york los angeles chicago and then i think it's houston so i think from a business standpoint it does help that you know there's already 3 million people in houston and they can market it with dallas being towards the south or no it's like the northwest i have no idea about my (laughs) geography but i'm gonna go with northwest you're not not alone there okay (laughs) yes and they already have an, an arena which they can share with the houston rockets sort of like how the hawks and bulls do it with the uh with the United Center. So right. I don't see, you know, why they don't try it. Okay. Fair enough. Eli, your thoughts? Uh, yesterday I texted Matt. Was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Um, I said, as a Hawks fan, I'd love to see the team go to like Milwaukee and Wisconsin or something. Yep. Seeing a team in Wisconsin would be so much fun. Uh, as much as I, especially because there's a, just a good amount of the players on the Coyotes from like the Chicago and Wisconsin area like Nick oh, yeah. is from I believe Green Bay Wisconsin I believe he's from Green Bay right he at least played in Green Bay Christian Fisher's um, on there Christian Fisher's, Fisher's from uh, Devorak Chicago. yeah something like that yeah um yeah so it would just be really cool especially the, the Chicago um Green Bay from in the football realm of things that's a really good rivalry depends what perspective you're looking at um and it's just, I'd love to see it go there. I know it probably won't happen just because, like, the Green Bay Packers, they're owned by the fans. <laughs> and it's really interesting how that works. And Green Bay is literally in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, so that's ca- probably not going to happen. And although I think they can move out of the, the desert, I think in the terms of expanding hockey out there, I think Las Vegas has it covered. I think they're doing a great job of expanding, getting new fans, um, especially – I th- also, I think this is the future of hockey, what basically Vegas is doing, you know, being next to casinos and stuff. I think that owners are going to make their own casinos. I- I'm not sure if Vegas has that. I'm sure that owner owns so much other shit, but I think that's I know like, the Cubs are starting to do that. They just yeah, the Cubs uh, and, announced Sportsbook at Wrigley Field, which I and, think is terrible. We'll, we'll get into that yeah. later. <laughs> and the Bears might go to Arlington Heights, which – they would have so much more land to build like a hotel and, and a casino and betting stuff. So I think that's the future. And I think, you know, moving somewhere else where that's maybe more popular would be a good bet for um, the coyotes. And also that's just, they have to get out. I don't know where else it would be. That's not like Houston or something. I, I wouldn't want to see them. I don't know where else, honestly. I love to see Green Bay or like just Milwaukee or something, but that's just me being a Hawks, a Chicago fan. All right, good point. I don't know where else. Where, where else is available? <laughs> I think back, you know Portland but... might be a good option, but I think if they want Maybe. to stay in the Central Division, they'd yeah, have especially to since to like just Houston. Yeah, they're just moving to the Central Division, so I think Houston, maybe like an Oklahoma City. 
Yeah. In Indianapolis, I don't know. I'm just naming out big cities out there. Maybe an indie it, team. Yeah, or Kansas City. I know they failed in Kansas City when they tried to move the Penguins out there. I believe right before Flurry, Crosby, and Malkin all got drafted by them, they tried to move out actually to Kansas City. But um, yeah, I'd love to see Houston. I think Houston just makes too much sense. All right, good points, boys. Uh, we have one more point before we get into the Blackhawks, and I just want to point out that uh. You guys on the audio or YouTube, you, any of our listeners don't know this, but Zoom, we use Zoom to record. It kicks us out after 40 minutes if we have a guest on for some reason. But just Eli and I, doesn't matter. Uh, and so we're getting that kick out in about 10 minutes here. So we're going to cover our last point, and then there will be a jump cut, and then we'll get to the Blackhawks. Just want to put that out there. Uh, our last point is about the uh, Rick Jenneret, who is the Buffalo Sabres announcer. And... I figured he was going to retire last season, but he comes back for number 50. And this morning, he put out a statement saying that he's coming back for 51. That is it. Uh, and that was a guy that I actually didn't like at first. When this was like when I first started getting into hockey, I thought he was like I, just something about him. I thought he was annoying, and he is. I, I, I love him. I love the guy now. I, I don't know why I had that opinion when I first listened to him, and I love him now. I know Eli. Uh, is not a fan from what, I, from what I remember, but I've grown to appreciate his significance and he's had some memorable cause uh, calls and just like the way he says words, like, right? It's just it's his way of speech is very different from like, uh, you know, it's other announcers, right? Uh, he brings a lot of energy, even though he, you know, you can hear him getting older and his voice gets like raspier. Not, I don't think he smokes or I don't know if he smokes or anything, but um, it sure sounds like he's just getting older every year. And you can just tell the energy is not going away. And I can't, I can appreciate that. He Although it, a, it does get kind of annoying sometimes, but I can yeah, at least appreciate him. He is a fun guy. I hear all, all just great stories about the guy, the nicest guy, the loyalist guy. And what's, that's the worst part because he's Buffalo and he's, Never going to see the same one a cup unless Buffalo does something significant this year. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I hope the Buffalo Sabres somehow, which would be a miracle, sweep into a playoff spot this year. So at least he gets to go out um, with one more playoff run. But uh, yeah, it is, it is sad, but it, it, it's one of those, you know, happy things. And it's, you know, it's good for him that he's finally retiring. He's going to, you know, 50, 50 years in a job with anybody is, is, is crazy. So um Congrats him on a long career. Nolan, your thoughts on this one? I mean, Rick Generate is one of those guys who's been a stalwart with, you know, TV announcing, you know, like someone like him, someone like Pat Foley, you know, guys like Bob Cole with C uh, CBC, right? Or Sportsnet, one of the two. Yeah. But I think, yeah, yeah, it's somewhere in Canada. But um, I think, you know, stalwarts like that, when they go down, especially with Generate, because he's never seen real success. He's never seen Buffalo win a cup. And I right. feel so bad for him because he's been there for 51 years. I think basically as long as the franchise has been around, just to think about that, I think that's, you know, just so crazy to me that now he's, you know, finally giving his, you know, farewell tour. And I think it's, you know, it's going to be sad for hockey, especially with all those Eichel calls, you right. know, scores, Eichel Tower. Right. You know, just the amount of energy he brought, you know, even from like the eighties with, uh, the Mayday call. The Mayday call is one oh, of the like so good. most popular calls, and I'd say in all of hockey, you know, Mayday, yeah. Mayday, Mayday. You know, it was like I love hearing him on TV, and it's going to be so much different. You know, right. I, again with Pat Foley as well. I think. Yeah. It's it's just not going to be the same. 
I, I 100% agree. And I don't think, uh, I don't think I have anything else to say about this personally. Uh, if, if you do, uh, you two don't. So, uh, but yeah, that's funny that Pat Foley is also retiring this year. But a couple of broadcasting legends retiring this year. So, um, but congrats to Jennerette on a long career and uh, a pretty fun one at that. He came so close in 99 with the Dallas Stars and people will argue about that overtime goal. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, been a long career for him. So congratulations. Uh, at this point, we're going to finally get into the Blackhawks. And uh, before doing so, we're just going to do a little jump cut right now. All right. So the Blackhawks season preview, I guess that's what we're going to call this. So I figure that, well, we'll start with the basics. We'll just talk about additions and, you know, exits to the team. Very quickly, just want to mention too, that Tony Esposito recently passed away and uh, just very sad uh, Blackhawks goaltending legend. And uh, I got the, I didn't get to meet him, but I, I saw him at the draft in 2017 once. So uh, only heard great things about him and uh, just very sad. Nothing else to really say about that. So um, his number is retired, right? It's retired. Yes, it is. So, yeah. So yeah. So he'll live forever in the rafters and forever Blackhawks legend. So uh, you guys want to start with the, uh, additions or the subtractions first? I feel like we start with the exits. That's, yeah, that's yeah. I think, I, yeah, I think the exits. So we have Eli sent me a post from the NHL here of the notable subtractions. Uh, we'll start, I guess, what's going to order here. Duncan Keith, uh, now a member of the Edmonton Oilers in a trade for Caleb Jones, who we'll get into when we get there. Um, very sad that he left. What do we think about this? This is a, I guess, how, how we just do it. Like a, a grade on this, I don't know, or but we just say we like just it, we dislike it. Trade or just the just like I, I guess losing key is that is that a plus or a minus? How about plus or minus? I don't know, or just mad from a pure hockey standpoint. I think it's a major win. You know, his play has been declining for the past two or three years, and his contract obviously it's not really that good. But obviously, from the sentimental value, you got a guy who's been with your team for since he got drafted in 03, so that's wow, 18 years basically, as long as I've been alive. He's been a part of the Chicago Blackhawks. So I think from a sentimental value, losing him, especially as a voice in the locker room, as Colleton had said in a podcast that I listened to earlier today, the Hawks Talk podcast with, uh, who is it? Boyle? Bowden and, uh, yeah, Bowden and Romeliaitis. Yeah, I love oh, okay. that podcast. But, uh, yeah, Keith said, or uh, Colleton said losing Keith was big, but obviously you got to get more guys to step up. <laughs> Keith was older than Galton. He's still he's older than Galton. Right. That's the crazy part. Yeah, that's yeah, like so crazy. Two years or something. Him and Seabrook are both older, and I think uh, Taze and Kane are not that far behind him either. Um, but it's a play wise, I don't think it's that big of a loss. He was losing his speed. He would uh, often try to be aggressive like he normally was, um, and he couldn't recover with his stick. And there'd be like a breakaway with McDavid or you know someone like that. And it's like, well, shit. Um, right. And now we got someone, Caleb Jones, who from Edmonton fans who reportedly he's probably played just as well, just as probably better than Duncan Keith. Um, so from like, I think he's you know just about the same analytically or maybe better. Um, so that's kind of cool that we got someone who can be helpful maybe. But at the same time, I think, I mean, I guess it's a different topic. Um, or we'll get to him, but he could take the spot of someone like Ian Mitchell, who I'm pretty high on, which I'm scared that he might get pushed out in one way or another in the trade or something. 
Um, but overall, I think it's a pretty good trade and pretty good. Oh shit! What's wrong? Am I lagging? No, you're good. I can't. I can't hear you. Oh, he might have just. I think he just went there. I think he's gone. Is he gone for you now? Uh, I still see him. But I All right, there you go. All right, he's he, no, you're back now. All right, there we go. Oh god. Yeah, that uh, that Michigan Wi-Fi, eh? um, or Ethernet or whatever you got over there. So uh, it was good. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was actually doing pretty well. Um, but yes, uh, I agree. Yeah, internet connection is unstable. Thank you. <laughs> I agree. Uh, it's it's definitely overall plus. I'm gonna gonna miss you know Duncan as a leader, but and you know Chicago runs on Duncan and you know just all the calls that Bali will make or whatever. But um, no, nah, I think it's a plus. So now this one, <laughs> Adam Boquist. Uh, we lost Adam Boquist for Seth Jones and, and Seth Jones. Uh, so uh, I'll just go on. I'll go first in this one. Um, that is another first round pick that the Blackhawks just don't want to keep. You know, Yoki Haru's gone. Schmaltz is gone. Uh, they just don't like keeping their first rounders. Um, I'm, yeah, I said yeah, you, you must have lagged. Tavo. Uh, Tavo, yes. T- Unbelievable. Uh, Kevin. What? Kevin Hayes. Oh my God. <laughs> Gee, that's a name. Jesus. Uh, yeah. They traded a Cam Barker, Philippe who Deneau. was a top 10 pick. Yeah. Cam Deneau. Barker. Oh, Hartman. Yeah. It's, the list uh, goes on. Yeah, it's, yeah. They oh. don't like their first rounders. So, and uh, they do, they do pretty well outside the first round. But yeah, they don't like their first rounders. So, uh, yeah. Then this is, this is definitely in the moment. When we're getting to Seth Jones, I guess I'll get into more of a, like an Adam Boquist explanation later. I guess I'll just save what I wanted to say about it because it kind of ties in with Seth Jones. But in the moment, it's a young guy that, I, unlike the other, like uh, Yoki Haru is like the comparable, I guess, as a, a first round defenseman who hasn't worked out in Buffalo. Well, that's kind of because of Buffalo. But I feel like it's a little different than Yoki Haru. This, this guy has potential, and it just scares me that they're getting rid of him at this young of an age. and it just kind of felt really unnecessary, but we'll get into that later. I'll get you guys' thoughts on Adam Boquist departing from the Blackhawks. I've had a lot of thoughts on this. I mean, I think purely losing Boquist at that young of an age, I don't really think you should have done that, you know, especially with look at the other first round picks that you've dealt away. Tavo, Dano, um, Yoki Haru. I mean, we haven't really seen much out of Yoki Haru yet, but, and I think Boquist was definitely making strides to being that number one offensive defenseman. Even, you know, in his two-way game last year, you saw there was a, a couple good breakups. Um, obviously, the injury history with, I think he had a concussion a couple years ago. And then he broke his arm, was it? Or was it his shoulder? Something, something wrist. with his arm or shoulder. His wrist. Oh, it was his wrist. Yeah, of course. You know, because yeah. Hawks and wrist injuries, right? <laughs> uh, but I think, yeah, I think trading away Boquist this early, I don't think it's going to be good in the long haul. And as I said in my, on my Instagram story, as soon as he got traded, I hope he wins a Norris because I love that kid. I loved watching him play. And I can, t- I will continue, you know, hopefully I can get a Boquist Columbus jersey because that'd be so sick. Would be. That alternate would be nice. Uh, Eli, yeah. your thoughts? Uh, I'm sure uh, Brian Campbell is very angry and will not work with <laughs> yeah. Stan Bowman ever again. Yeah. He put years of work into Adam Boquist just so he can get traded before his e- e- um his ELC is out. Yeah. Um, but it's if you look at the underlying numbers, man, he had just I think his point per game 
was just as good as uh, Seth Jones. Obviously, he's making a shit ton less than Seth Jones. It's like, man, so much potential. I'm probably one of the I'm higher on Boquist than Matt is. I remember, especially when he got drafted, I was much you were. And now, now since he's been traded, I, I was like, wow, um, I'm, I'm all higher on Boquist now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, like, I, Adam. I, 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 I think he showed flashes, but he obviously he had times when he was just struggling, but that was just like the entire defense. Yeah. He was paired with Duncan Keith, who had, has no speed. Like, that's not his fault that he has to, you know, rush back when there's a, you know, potential breakaway. Um, but he had made some nice plays. He was, you know, coming up. I hate how I can still see him living at the Brinkett's place. It pisses me off. Yeah. Um, especially there's the who's winning was I think yeah the bringing got uh, married. Yep. So, which is funny is now he's married. He's basically getting kicked out of the house now. Right. <laughs> and the Hawks are like, don't worry, don't break it. We got you. We got right. you. He's out now. Yeah. Um, but I'm just disappointed that he's gone. Yeah. That's a it's a definite like the first minus. round picks or the the two first rounders that are gone. Whatever first rounders are, but Adam Boquist, man, he has so much potential lucas reichel just watch out man you might be next uh no okay we'll, we'll see um hopefully not the guys <laughs> good yeah well and that's I mean, you know, we, we could we could get in that later potentially uh we'll see where the conversation goes now this one ah this one i'm, I'm very happy about nikita zadorov is no longer a chicago blackhawk he actually signed a contract today with the calgary flames one year 3.75 million dollars um have fun with that calgary uh, I don't know if anything else to say about that. I mean, I, I wanted him to be gone. I remember when he was asking for $5 million, north of $5 million, And uh, I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad the Hawks didn't make that mistake. So, yeah, nothing else I'll say about that one. <laughs> I was dancing when this happened, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was freaking out, texting me when I was at work. When he got traded, I'm like, no way, fake news. And I was I was more nope. excited about that was, like, than, than any of the acquisitions. Like that was just like that was the best news ever. Oh, well, this better uh, them trading Zadorov or the Goddet signing. Ah, uh, oh man, that's tough. Goddet's. Is mm. Goddet's your god? I, I, he is my guy. <laughs> uh, no, it definitely Zadorov leaving. That's more exciting. Yeah, it, it definitely makes the deal. Him, they're going for speed. I can tell you that in defense. Even yeah. though they just drafted like a six foot four guy and then a six foot seven guy who coincidentally did break Kirby Doc's wrist. They drafted a guy who broke Kirby Doc's wrist. Uh, that's a fun fact. <laughs> I didn't know that. Wait, no, wait, did I? I don't remember. I, I'm pretty sure that. I told you that. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, yeah, that's a fun fact. That's fine. Um, but they, they drafted size in the draft, even on forwards and, and whatever. But they're going for speed. They got rid of. Uh, Keith, who was so as shit, they got rid of Zadorov, who's so and tall as shit. Um, Jay, uh, McCabe is decent, decently fast. Seth Jones is certainly, if anything, he's you know, he's like he's he's faster. Um, Caleb Jones is definitely gonna be faster, he's 24, younger. Kyle Nuck should be good. Stillman should have some speed. Ian Mitchell, you know, they've got a bunch of young guys who can get the speed, and so do can they play defense? We'll see, but. They're getting, they're trying to get faster, which I can appreciate. You made me laugh with Seth Jones there saying that well, he's faster. He's you faster mean, than getting Duncan Keith yeah. and Zadorov. I just, I've seen that guy and I, I am in no 
conversation here to be talking about physical shape, but that guy does not have the best physique, I would say, in the NHL. Uh, not even. Or we got someone with a great physique with Alex Nylander. Uh, oh fucking Christ! Um, so Christ, please. I don't want to get into this now. Uh, but yes, uh, Zadorov, your thoughts, Nolan? Uh, Zadorov, uh, I didn't like it from the first second he was traded here, and obviously. Yep. You know, him taking a tripping penalty or a roughing penalty every two seconds. I mean, there was the one clip he had against, who was it, Florida, I believe, where he was standing up for Lincoln and then, you know, actually drew a penalty. You know, that was probably that and the goal against Detroit. That was probably his only two good memories here. I mean, yeah. everything else, it was just, how, how could you how could you let this guy get $5 million, let alone, you know, 750 k league minimum? The Hornquist hit was also a fun one. I love that, but... Uh... Uh, other than yeah, that, yeah, yeah that's about it. Uh, also, just want to put this out there. The official trade on June 23rd, 2017 is now Artemi Panarin for a third rounder. <laughs> Basically. So that's, uh, yeah, that's how that, uh, Jesus, that trade tree is just never going to stop. Honestly, okay. Panarin is worth at least a bread. A piece of bread? Piece yes, of bread. I would so, agree. So, yes, Zadorov has so moved on. It's kind of worth it. And the other one that the NHL What about a bread bowl from Panera, though? Is he worth that? I don't know. That's pretty good. Pretty (laughs) good, Eli. Um, This is the last one on the NHL's notable subtractions, and there are other ones that I want to get into very quickly. But uh, P.S. Suter moved on to Detroit Red Wings. I believe it's a three-by-two or three-point-something-by-two-year contract, something like that. Uh, That's fine with me, personally. I don't care. See you, dude. Have fun in Detroit, dude. See you. (laughs) <laughs> like you didn't want their offer that's fine see you dude. I, I don't want you here then if you don't want their offer see you if the guy can get more consistent he's gonna be pretty decent but he just disappeared too much for me to like absolutely love him um but i also i think it's something important to uh, mention that i don't think this hurts the hawks when it comes to signing these european free agents like a panarin Kuba League and Suter. Um, Zed, anything. They set Suter up to get a nice payday, you know? Um, I guess that's so. a fine payday, even though he's playing for Detroit. But uh, it's just, if he's more consistent, that might be a more hurtful loss. But at the same time, I'm looking at this roster. I'm like, I don't even know where, you know, Dylan Strom's going to play. Right. Like, I don't know if there would have been a spot. But if anything, could have qualified him and traded him for like a third or something like yeah. if the door got a third you could imagine he can at least get a second <laughs> yeah so i don't know the door off is a unicorn uh your thoughts on Suter, no one i think Suter. i think to eli's point i mean just looking at the roster right now where do you put ps Suter? i mean obviously i probably would have slotted him as fourth line center and you can't pay at fourth line center 3.2 million dollars i'm sorry but you know, for a bottom six role, maybe possibly a power play guy. I think Suter, you know, thanks for the year you had here. Thanks for, you know, getting chemistry with the Brinkett and Kane while Doc was gone. But, uh, yeah, go enjoy the Iser plan. Yep. I love Stevie Y, but Suter, just I don't know what you're doing. Now, there are two more that I want to talk about, and you guys can add more players if you want to talk about notable exits. But these are the other two that I guess are somewhat notable to me, at least. Uh, Hinnestroza and Camp, both gone to uh, Buffalo and Toronto, respectively. The Toronto I, camp being gone. I also danced. That was a big one for me. I was super excited. I, I remember the, there was like a 
Bowman said they wanted to bring him back on like a three by three or something. I think is what the, one of the reports Marcus was. Marcus contract. Marcus Kruger contract. Yes, yeah. thank you. I didn't get. I, he might be a good faceoff man, but uh, okay. <laughs> yes, one goal. Yeah. One goal. One goal. One goal. Um, His finishing problems were just so yeah. out there. I mean, you couldn't really bring him back, and especially when you put him on the top line with Patrick Kane. How do you not finish? How do you not yep. score more than one goal? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sad. Absurd. It makes me mad too because what during the uh the red versus white game at the beginning of the year, he had like a goal or, or a, a goal and assist, him and Kubalik, they, they were or whoever he was playing with was, you know, lighting up the score sheet. And he after the game, he was like, Yeah, I've, I've been trying to work on my finish, trying to get some chip and some more offense, <laughs> proceed to score one goal in fifty-six games. Like, dude, and come uh, on. This guy is fucking yoked too. He is jacked like he does crossfit and shit like you just think he'd be yeah, more of a specimen out there and he's just he's not mm-hmm. well, I, he had a good run with the hawks but sure it was uh, definitely no, time to move on uh no any more thoughts on uh camp uh i hated david camp um yep. i was never i was never <laughs> a biggest fan I, I think along with you i did dance um i think when you as i alluded to earlier if you don't, if you put him on the top line with Debrinket and Kane, you know I get it for face-off reasons. He was a good face-off guy, and especially you saw that on the three-on-three where he'd go out for the opening face-off, and it'd be him and Debrinket, and then you'd switch off him for Kane. Right. He was a good defensive role, but I think if you're comparing him to Marcus Kruger, I'd take Marcus Kruger a thousand times out of a thousand. Yeah, I'd have to agree. And then uh, Hina Strozo. I still wouldn't do that at, at three million. No, no, not at all. Yeah, no, no. That was a disgrace uh hannah Rose was the other one he signed in buffalo one year 1.05 million dollars another one where i was like okay dude if you want to go fucking play in buffalo over the blackhawks i don't care what the fuck they offered you dude i mean eli and i were having this argument i'm like dude i don't care if they were offering him league men give me his 750 grand then i'll go fucking play like i just go fine hannah Rose would go right ahead people would kill to make league minimum and you're fucking you're not gonna go play for the hawks so they won't offer you one million dollars or whatever so have fun in buffalo buddy i get another guy where i can be like yeah see ya don't let the door hit you on the way out so this is a tough one for me like i want i you know i like this guy he was having success with the hawks too that's why it makes it hard you know he was having he was scoring goals points i think what was it like 12 points in 19 games or something like that like he was getting those points finally and it just makes it hard to believe that the Hawks offer a contract. I literally think that was a lie. There's a report that said they offered him, Suter, and Camp all a contract, and they mm-hmm. all rejected it. I don't think that offer is correct. I think a lot of people are going out to try to make Stan Bowman look bad. Rightfully so. Yeah. Rightfully but so. I don't think in this regard is correct. I literally don't. Th- I think they had to choose between Goddett and Vin- uh, Vinny, and they chose Goddett. So, yes, they did. Yes, they did. I know. You're happy about that. <laughs> God, that was his guy. My guy was Vinny, and they chose his guy. And I'm a little salty, but yeah, I just think people are trying to make Bowman look bad, but I think Bowman's doing a good job. Doing that Nolan, himself. your thoughts? So I think Hinnestroza, I think, again, same thing with Pia Suter. What kind of role did he fit in the lineup? I mean, right. maybe a fourth-line winger role. I think he did turn it on, I think, you know, that last little stretch where he was actually playing when he got traded from Florida, I think he did turn it on. And I thought he he looked great. He did look great. And I thought that could have warranted him a contract. But as you pointed out to Matt, 
one times 1.05 in Buffalo. And I want to pull up the quote that he had. He says, every time I played in Buffalo, it's been crazy. Yeah, sure. What kind of fans do you have in Sab- at the Sabres games? But then he goes on to say that I've been to a Buffalo Bills game and Josh Allen is always my fantasy quarterback. I mean, if you're going to a team that only cares about the football in that city, like right. obviously the Bears, I mean, they're going to be set up for a fantasy quarterback in two years. Like, Vinny, you could have held on and just stayed here right. where the fans are obviously better <laughs> and the team's obviously better. So, and no I mean, it's a head scratcher, but best of luck to you, Vinny. No disrespect to the Buffalo Sabres fans because the ones that are there, they are pretty loyal. But oh, yeah. for sure, 100%. And, I, and, it, and that's a hockey market. Like, I love, like, I love, their, oh my God, their uniforms are arguably the best in the league. And uh, just, I, I love that market. So, I, I, I you know, I, only good things for Buffalo. We love you guys. We do. We do. We just, Vinny. No, I mean, Buffalo, for sure. I didn't mean anything, you know, disrespect to that. But it's <laughs> yeah, just right. like, if you're comparing, you know, like the Buffalo Bills, you know, right, if you're right. looking towards the Buffalo Bills more towards the Buffalo Sabres team that you're actually playing on, it's just like, what are you even doing, man? Right. So have fun with Drake, Vinny. You two should have a fun time. Um, any any other? Uh, and also, I just want to admit, uh, just say that he's rooting for the wrong quarterback. It's I- I was going to be Mitchell Trubisky playing. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He's going to be a star. Oh, the MVP. <laughs> I don't know what he I thinks. Josh so Allen's going to play? Nah, it's good. they got the MVP. Damn right. Uh, so, any other notable subtractions that I didn't cover? Or are you guys good on that? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I don't think anyone else on note really left. Hacker, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Hawk and Ryan next. <laughs> this, is, oh, this, this is a shame. It's okay, they're gonna resign the guy, they're gonna resign him. So, yeah, yeah they're gonna loan him back. Good segue here. So, some even though good, he was absolute trash, we'll get into the addition. Uh, one thing about Hacker Ryan, before we oh, yeah. get in, I actually mm-hmm. got a DM today, you know, asking for you know, like suggestions on what to talk about. And one of the things that I got back from Sonder NHL, Greg, he told me, When will Hacker Ryan's number be retired? It's a good question. That's a good question. Because <laughs> yeah. I figured the guy they traded for was going to have his number retired somewhere. And uh, not yet. Not yet. So we'll get into this right now. If you don't know about this one, then you guys need to wake up. Mark Andre Fleury is a Blackhawk for some reason. Um, I remember I heard about this last year, uh, going back to last summer. And I thought, well, who, what kind of reporter is trying to get their 15 seconds of fame? Because that, it's going to make them look stupid. But whoever reported that, you're a fucking genius. I don't know where you heard that the Hawks were interested in this guy, but they were. I remember it was just, I woke up one morning, Eli had, was at work. He had no idea what was going on. I am spamming him. I'm like, the Hawks have Mark Andre Fleury. For a, a Michael Hakarian, who we kind of discussed, like a maybe like a C or a D level prospect at best, probably, or and the, uh, AHL score at the ECHL level. And I don't want to get into the specifics of like how everything went down. If you don't know, Flurry found on Twitter it was a whole debacle. I think we just, talked. About we did, yeah, we about talked it. about it. it. It was just it was bad. How it was a bad divorce from Vegas. He expected to retire there, and then obviously he weighed his options. And I was fully expecting Flory to retire. And, and then we also know that this was a, a win-win for the Blackhawks because they weren't going to be responsible for any of his salary if he chose not to play. And uh, he's choosing to play one year with the Blackhawks. And that's probably going to be it, I would think. But uh, and if you don't know, Michael Hakarainen was put on unconditional waivers yesterday and, and uh, bought out. So he's now a free agent. <laughs> and his, so the trade was Flory for nothing. Vegas just needed to clear cap space. And they, they, they weren't really intending to win that trade at all. So. Mark Andre Fraser Blackhawk, that's a huge thumbs up. He might suck. He might not. We'll see. And uh, I'm optimistic about this one. You guys, take it away. 
I mean, when you're getting a guy with experience, a guy who's won three cups, I know two of them, you know, were in a backup role to Matt Murray, essentially. But when you get a guy with that much experience, a guy who's got, you know, one of the best wins, you know, third all time in wins, a two five five goals against, it's nine thirteen save percentage. I, I don't see where this is a loss for the Hawks. I mean, all you're gaining is experience. And I think that tandem now with Flurry and Lincoln in, I thought that was one of the biggest needs that we had in the free agency where we needed a backup goalie. I or like a one A, one B type situation. I think, you know, a guy like Peter Morazic would have been nice, a guy like, you know, Jonathan Bernier would have been nice. But to get Marc Andre Fleury on a one year deal, the cap hit, yeah, sure, it's a little bit much and we don't have cap space now, but I think getting Flurry and getting his experience, if it's going to rub off on Lankanen, I think it's just such a win-win for the Hawks, and I think that puts them in such a better position for this year. Way better than Subban. And Lankanen, uh, Flurry's a guy that Lankanen can learn from, and that's going to be really good too. And, yeah, Subban, uh, you know, he's if he can just play at the AHL, that'd be great. Like, put, stick him on Rockford. Like, dude, you're, he's a great AHL goaltender. That is it. Keep him there. Yeah, uh, Eli, your thoughts on Flurry? Um, I, I, I think it's a great move having like this guy who great locker room presence, I think. And then he, I think he said he asked a numerous amount of players, um, about Chicago and they only heard great things from like Robin Leonard, who was here for a cup of tea. Um, I said tea coffee. <laughs> um, but just having him around is going to be great. great. Uh, it, especially in this tough time as being a Blackhawks fan, depressing news. Um, left and right we'll see if anything else comes out about that right um it's just a such a nice thing to have you know someone who is just so happy and having him you know rubbing off on kevin lankin who kind of did stop at the level he was at early on right like he kind of came down back to earth so maybe he can uh try to learn how to play a full year um because i think at the moment, they're trying to get Lincoln and, you know, long term. for the future, right. Yeah, yeah and maybe um, him and the goalie they drafted. Um, Camesso. Camesso, Drew Camesso. Yeah, uh, yeah Camesso, um, who's still playing college. So we'll see if uh, he turns out. But I do have high remarks for him. But I think it's just a really good, good goaltending uh, tandem. Hopefully it's a 1A, 1B. At worst, you, like, you know, swap it. Like Lincoln and have his hot streak and let Flurry have his. Um, but I think Lincoln is more of a streaky goaltender, so we'll see how uh, Carlton plays him. But I'm pretty sure, like last year, it's just whoever has the hot hand will get yep. the majority of the starts. So yeah, this is a huge thumbs up from all three of us. Now, let's just let's just get this one out of the way, Seth Jones. Um, just let's just get out of the way, just do let's just do this. We and Eli and I already gave our, our two cents on the podcast. Uh, when this first happened. So like, we just, we weren't happy about it. And I guess the biggest thing for me about it is just why, why of all the free agent defensemen, Eli's guy was Dougie Hamilton all the way through and through. That's who he wanted. I I just didn't care personally who they got. Um, And while Seth Jones isn't a slouch by any means, he is now the third highest paid defenseman right behind Eric Carlson and Drew Doughty. Technically. who he, who are also, well, yeah, he will be after this coming year, who are also clearly being overpaid. Um, and then he kind of just fucked up the, the market for everybody else. You got Darnell Nurse, 9.25 million for the next eight years. And you got to give Zach Rowenski, who's 
um, he, he got paid what he deserved and everything, but um, the only reason he's getting paid as much as that, which he again probably deserves is because Seth Jones got paid that much. And also the difference between that one is you're getting Zach Rowensky in his twenties all the way through as where Seth Jones is going to be like 34, 35. Um, and then Kale McCarr also signed for a little bit more than uh, Seth. Was it less than Seth Jones or like right there? I just, it's it was just, less. I think he signed oh. for nine. Oh, unbelievable. I think he signed for like right I'm around nine. Half. Okay. So yeah, it's just, he's, he's fucked up everything. And the worst part about it to me also, I'm very scared for the Hawks future cap plans. Um, he might fuck up a lot of things for them in the future. It, it really worries me. And again, Seth Jones, no slouch. The biggest thing for me right now, he is going by, I would say the Olympic break have to be in the Norris conversation immediately. This doesn't look like a good contract extension at all. He's going to have to show he is worth this big time. Cause to me, it just feels like a huge cash grab from the guy. I don't know if he really cares about winning, but it, it feels like a huge cash grab. We'll get into his brother and how that plays into it, but you guys go ahead. I will point out that cap-wise, Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane, their contracts only have two more years. Um, Patrick Kane will probably, you think they probably get around eight mil if he's still playing the high mm-hmm. level he has been. Jonathan Taze should probably get more like five or four, I'd imagine. Um, then you'd you'd have to see if Doc plays well. I imagine you probably signed to a bridge contract, something like a three-year four mil or something like that. Debrinket's going to get probably around 10. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. He'll probably get around 10. Uh, Bulkless will probably get – aha, got him. Funny. <laughs> Funny. Um, you got – I don't know. Who else is probably going to get a big contract? I don't really know. Uh, Brett Connolly probably. <laughs> yeah, Brett Connolly. Um, Ty Johnson. <laughs> um, Did you say Doc already? Yeah, no, yeah, he, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, Doc will have to wait a little bit. Then who knows about Nylander? <laughs> oh, maybe <laughs> plays up to stuff. Who knows? Uh, Hagel has, I, I'm glad about the Hagel contract. That's a good yeah. contract for him for cap. Love the Hagel contract. Um, but overall, cap wise, you're kind of looking decent. He might fuck it up, but at the moment, with how they're set up, they only have like not like five guys signed past 2023 right now. Yeah, I guess and that's big. That's big. All right. I guess so fair enough. Cap wise, it's not too bad right now, but it is nine fucking years. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. So we'll see. I I already talked about it a lot. So I'll just say prove it, Seth, please. Knowing your thoughts here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to bounce right off Eli. It's a huge prove it deal. I think, you know, for the amount of draft capital that we gave up for him, two first round picks, we already saw Cole Sillinger. That's probably going to be a good pick ended up for the Columbus Blue Jackets and Boquist. I love Boquist. I already talked about him. You know, I don't think we really should have gotten him only for the pure fact that our right-handed defense was so set. We had Connor Murphy, Ian Mitchell, and Adam Boquist on the right side. That would have been great. Murphy as your shutdown guy. Mitchell is your two-way guy, and now you have, you know, Adam Boquist. No, wait, no, we don't have Adam Boquist. But we had Boquist as our offensive power play quarterback type guy. But I think with Seth Jones, we should have opted for a left-handed defenseman. I was pushing Hampus Lindholm, you know, similar situation to Seth Jones, where uh, Hampus Lindholm was – he's on the Anaheim Ducks, you know, bottom 10 team in the league, still trying to get through their rebuild. They've got guys, obviously, like Comtois and Zegers, but they're probably not going to mature, you know, for another two to three years. 
you get a guy like Lindholm who was on a similar contract to Seth Jones and you trade him to Chicago, you give up, you know, whatever you give up, not two first round picks in your top defensive prospect, but um, yeah, I'm going to say all about that. But Seth Jones, the man, I think last year obviously was terrible for him. I don't think, you know, anyone can say anything, anything different. It was terrible for him. He wanted out. I think the price should have been a lot lower, but obviously it's a prove it deal. It's yeah. totally prove it deal for me. I think if he can, you know, live up to the hype, great. But as you alluded to, Matt, he better be in Norris conversation and he better make the Olympic team. I hope and rightfully so, he should make I don't think he should make it, but he needs to prove that he needs to make it. Obviously, because right. Stan's gonna be biased because he's running USA hockey next year for the Olympics. At the moment, at the moment. We'll, at we'll the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the moment, at the moment, yeah, yeah, obviously. But I think, you know, it, if Seth Jones deserves that spot i think i'm happy with what we get okay i'm happy ish i'm never going to get rid of boquist i'm never going to get rid of those two first round picks so yep i'd have to agree let's uh we got another six minutes before we get kicked out again we'll have to do this all over again but so we'll just i let's talk about caleb jones and then we'll just we'll do another jump cut because it just seems to be a good segue so caleb jones is also i feel like i mean a big part of why seth jones is a black hawk he was part of the um, Duncan Keith trade. And I don't, I don't actually, I didn't really mind it. I didn't really mind that being the return for Duncan Keith. And once he was traded to Chicago, they said, this opens the door for Seth Jones. I'm like, no, it doesn't. And then, <laughs> oh yeah, it, 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 it did. Oh shit. Um, and I guess that's been the Blackhawks theme is family. We're all about family here. The Chicago Toretto's, if you want to call them now, is just, <laughs> put, just put Vin Diesel on the front of the Jersey. You just, but yeah, I, uh, I, they're probably not going to play on a, on a, you know, a pairing together. But uh, maybe they will at some point. I don't know. But it, it, it probably will at some point. You think? Okay. I, I don't mind that move, and I guess I'm just kind of mad about it though at the same time because it kind of opened the door for Seth Jones. But anyway, you, you guys thoughts on that one? It's. Um, I mean, me personally with Caleb Jones, I don't think. You know, with the depth chart that we already have, I've got Kalanuk, Bodan, and Stillman as our left-handed defensemen. Obviously, McCabe came in. We'll talk about him in a little bit. And then Caleb Jones came in. I think Caleb Jones is going to be that seventh defenseman, sixth defenseman, which, don't get me wrong, that's great. And I've heard nothing but great things from Edmonton, but I haven't seen him enough to actually, like, tell you, oh, yes, I love this. I just love getting rid of the Duncan Keith contract and having Caleb Jones at 850K. That was great. But I think, you know, Caleb Jones, if he can be that sixth, seventh defenseman, I think it's a win. I, I think that's pretty good depth. All right. Eli? I, I hope it's more of a seventh. Or even if they try to carry eight D-man, which is freaking crazy. But <laughs> I, I – roster-wise, I think you need to train – I think you need to trade Dahan. I don't think it's a question of Easily. if. I think you have to trade him. Him and – I think – McCabe goes with Murphy um, and Jones can probably play well with like Stillman or count up. Um, but I would rather see Mitchell Bodine. Also, you, I mean, Isaac Phillips played well last year in, um, in Rockford. He was a, a, um, a guy who was supposed to play in OHL, but OHL got canceled. So he got signed to an amateur contract. Um, so he played well. Uh, Regula potential so uh 
Galvez, who they just signed, I'm, I, I've known for a couple of years. He's a fourth rounder or something like that. He played in the men's league. So he has potential to, like, they have guys who could have stepped up or, you know, potential. And Ian Mitchell might not get his ice time that he, he really needs. Like, I hated how him and Regula and Bodine, they were just getting tossed between NHL and AHL without playing in either. Like, right. I, Bodine, I know I just read someone's, like, um, I, um, an article. He played 19 NHL games and nine AHL games. That's not enough games to get development. <laughs> I, right. I don't get it. That's why I thought having, um, I think Kyle Nuck was a big guy um, that was just stuck not playing games early on. Then, you know, he ended up basically leading the Hawks in defense later on and, and points and stuff. And it's just, I hope it doesn't, like, don't let this name namesake and, you know, bias steer you away from these other guys you, you need to play mitchell yeah i, I think he's going to develop um and get more mature with his play um he's a really smart guy so i think he should be learning how to play in like position wise play very fast and i just hope it doesn't steer him away and then he gets, gets traded the steal of a draft pick so i don't know agree mm-hmm. agree all right real quick we're just going to segue be right back. Okay, so we finished up with Jones, both, well, both of them. And uh, Jake McKay, we mentioned earlier, he's actually played with Connor Murphy as well, which I didn't actually know about. So they might have some chemistry, as Eli said. That's, they might, a, that's you know, a fun story, by the way, if you want to go look it up. Like, they got injured together, the same yeah. exact injury back in 05 or something before they were drafted to the USA team. Yeah. They both trained together at the same high school um, when they were hurt. And it's a really interesting story if you want to go look it up. So it's like a four by four deal for McCabe, whatever it is, something like that around that number. Um, actually, I have it right here. It is a four uh, by four. Yeah, four by four. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I I didn't really know what to think of it at first, and I saw some some great praise from Buffalo fans about this guy, and I'm optimistic about it. So I like the signing, and uh, yeah, that's all I got on that. You guys? I think it's a stellar uh, defensive signing. That guy in his limited time last year in Buffalo, I think he played nine games or something or so. He was one of the best defense defensive defensemen in that, those couple games short the small sample size, but he's been very good defensively over his whole career. And uh, I'm very excited to see him play. I think he's going to stabilize that, uh, the defensive pairing with Connor Murphy instead of Connor Murphy playing with four different guys, trying to get some defensive liability. No one. Uh, I think for sure Jake McKay was at the top of my wish list. Obviously, before the Jones, you know, even like end of the season, I said we needed a top four left-handed defenseman, and I think McKay fits that perfectly. A guy who can who you can put on with the penalty kill, a guy who is your shutdown defensive pair with Murphy. I think hopefully that'd be great, and especially since he's a local guy too. I think he went to school in Wisconsin. Yeah, he went to school at uh, University of Wisconsin. I think that's going to be such a great. Uh, such a great add to the Hawks. And obviously, as you alluded to, or as you both alluded to earlier, he was one of the best defensive defensemen in those 10 games in Buffalo. I mean, that's, that's just crazy. I think McCabe putting him in to the lineup, putting him as your penalty kill one, put him in 20 minutes a night. If he's healthy, I think that's amazing. And $4 million. I thought we could have gotten him at a better discount because he's coming off injured, but I think $4 million in the long one will be really good for him. 
Yeah, uh, you know, again, Hawks about family. He's, you know, Chicago residents, so, you know, about family here. Family. Uh, I like that one. Uh, a couple quick ones. Tyler Johnson, uh, $5 million a year. Not too hot, but. I like the second rounder. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, nice, too. Nice. Getting, get rid of, getting, getting rid of uh, Brent Seabrook's contract. I guess that's a, I guess that's a win. Uh, Jujar Kara, shout out to Keegan. Shout out to Vine. Uh, is his favorite player. Um, the legends Edmonton. will live on. Uh, yeah, so he uh, he's coming to Chicago. Uh, it's like nine hundred seventy-five k for two years. I think is what it was. Uh, that's not it's not crazy. Um, and or nine wait nine nine seven. All right, whatever. Wait, that's no, that's Scott. That's deal. Yeah, it's nine seventy-five. I was right. I was right. Okay, nine seventy-five. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, you guys have any thoughts on Johnson or Kara? I don't know where Kara's gonna play. Honestly, like I'm looking at the. I don't know where most of these guys are going to play. The Hawks are actually kind of stacked for once. It's weird. It's very weird. I want to say stacked, but there's a lot of these guys are just so inconsistent. Dylan Strong's inconsistent. Hagel can be inconsistent with his points wise. Connolly's inconsistent as fuck. Uh, Koba Leak is inconsistent. Johnson has been inconsistent since his uh, breakout year in 2015, was it? Yeah. The break gets good. But I don't know. It. I don't know where he's going to play specifically. Johnson, I feel like either throw him on the third or fourth line. He's very versatile, so we'll see. Maybe he get, maybe he gets his points back up. Who knows? Um, right. But throw him next to, like, Goddett and Hagel or something. Could be nice. Okay. Nolan? Uh, I think Kara, I think that's going to be big for the penalty kill. I mean, obviously, we had an improved penalty kill, but obviously, look at three years ago. I mean, our penalty kill is terrible, but anything to reload to the penalty kill, Kara can come in and be on the penalty kill. You know, honestly, too. with McCabe, that would not be that bad. And I also think that Johnson, I didn't like it at first because I'd rather have the cap space with Seabrook, but I think getting a third-line winger, if he can score 20 goals, that's great. I think, obviously, the cap hit is a little bit too much. And also, as you alluded to, that second-round pick, yeah, that's pretty nice, even though it's probably going to be like a third-round pick because it's ample. Right. Uh, let's see what else. Now, this isn't really well. I mean, they've had these these couple guys I'm going to mention, but they're they're ads in my book. Uh, Henrik Borstrom, who I totally forgot, is with the team now. He he might get a look this year. Uh, he definitely will get a look. That's going to be fun. Uh, we already know he's got high praise. Uh, let's see. They resigned Entwistle. They resigned Stillman, Hardman, Hardman. Yeah. Like, yeah, they. Uh, I guess those aren't really additions, but they're just resignings. So. They got options. Like they really they do. also uh, don't forget about Reichel. Reichel oh, can't forget about Lucas Reichel. They did resign Hagel uh, as well as you. I mentioned earlier. Uh, he's very happy about that. Um, and then should mention Alex Nylander, who's coming back from surgery. Um, Yay! Which you know what? He, he's a jacked boy though. He is nice. He nice is build. he is ripped, and people say he has a skill set. Apparently, he was you know more valuable than William, his brother, at at, at points in that draft. Oh, well, in his draft. Um, but uh, honestly, when I saw the signing for only 874 grand, I was like, that's a win for a guy that might, but if he can put it together, he might actually be decent. Um, but where does he play? Where does he play? Where does he play? It's not over a million. That's, that's fine. Me. So many of those names that I, I mentioned, you guys feel free to talk about. I just want to list them off and get them out there. Um, I think Borgstrom, I think Borgstrom will be good. It's just a matter of, uh, with all these four, where are they going to play? Uh, that bottom six, it's probably just going to be a rotational thing. I think mm-hmm. Borgstrom, I think Stan alluded to it as one of the best college players he's ever seen. 
yeah. which I hope if that if that skill set can translate, obviously that'd be great on the third line or the fourth line. Um, Ant Whistle, a great energy guy. Hardman, another great energy guy. I actually loved watching Ant Whistle in the OHL because he was playing along with Nick Suzuki when they won the Memorial Cup. It was just them two just rocking out, and I thought that was great. I've loved him since we got him in the host deal. And then the Nylander deal, if he can stop being so lazy on the ice, I'll love it. If he can actually live up to his potential, I love it. But if you're automatically going to put him with Doc and Kane, like Colleton probably will because it's Colleton, you know, I, I'm skeptical about it, but obviously at 875 K it's not bad. Uh, is there anyone I miss? No, I think we're good. Okay. UI. Um, I don't know where I kind of have a spot where like my, the top nine in my head, I think is pretty, pretty set. But I don't know where else you would play like some of these guys because there's certain guys you don't want on the fourth line. You do not want Nylander on the fourth line. You Hagel would be a much better option just because he's a really good energy guy. But I also don't want Hagel on the fourth line. Right. I think if you put him with some points, I think I was telling you during the season, Matt, if he can train with Patrick Kane and Alistair Brinkett in Chicago this summer and get a better shot, holy shit, this guy had like so many breakaways and he just couldn't finish. Yeah. And like he can be so good if he can finish. And so I really don't want him on the fourth line. Put him on like the third line with Goddett. And I guess Johnson, that could be a good, good little pairing. But my hope was Hinnestroza, Goddett, <laughs> a Hagel line. Oh, like that would be oh, so much be so fun nice. to watch. But like, I don't know, like Nylander, I don't, I don't really see a spot for him in the top nine because I, yeah. I personally, I would, I, I think it's realistic because this is what the Hawks do. They normally just throw like a bunch of young guys with Jonathan Taze and see if they can kind of rub off on him. And that's what they did with, uh, what's his name? John Hayden. Um, John Quinville. John Quinville. They did that for some fucking reason in the playoffs. They threw him on that line and played nine minutes in the playoffs. Trash. Um, but it's so I, I think he's probably going to start off with Taze or something. Okay. Uh, uh, sorry to cut you off here, Eli. You mentioned John Quinville. That was also an exit. Technically, Seattle took John Quinville. That was a fun one as well. <laughs> um, also, the last two additions I want to talk about, uh, they were just the two most notable names in the draft that the Hawks, you know, participated in. They got Nolan Allen at 31st overall, or 32nd overall, excuse me. And then they, uh, which was going to be Columbus's pick. And then they, uh, they again, family, Colton Dock uh, in the second round. So, uh, I'm sure no, no, neither of those guys get a look this year, obviously, but um, that, uh, that, that the future is bright. So I'm going to say the Hawks have a tough problem this year, which is their lineup. What are they going to do with them? That's what we're going to get into next. Unless that's what we want you guys, if you want to talk about either of those two draft picks real quick, but that's what we're going to get into next. Um, uh, I mean, I love the doc pick. I mean, getting him in the second round, that's pretty nice. Uh, Nolan Allen, obviously a fellow Nolan, that's pretty nice. <laughs> um, I think he may have gone too high, but if he's drawing, Brent Seabrook comparisons. I've seen it, you know, where he wants to play like Brent Seabrook and he can fit in on that left side. That'd be great. Yeah. If anything, they're both kind of reaches, but with the, the day and the weekend they were, uh, the, us Hawks fans were having, I just right. wanted them to get doc. Just yeah. Get doc. Like I had yeah. I probably in my mind, he was more of a third round, late third rounder. Um, 
But right. But the negativity. I, I, I don't care anymore, man. Right. I just want to see family. The negativity no, with nice. the whole investigation and then the Jones contract. Like, just give us something that's fun and that that's fun. So, uh, but yeah, so that's a good segue into the lineup. Also, Eli or, or Nolan, whoever wants to answer this, what the fuck are they going to do with Ryan Carpenter? Like, they just have all these names, like, <laughs> and, and and obviously Dylan's drum. So uh, let's just, I, I'm going to let you two do this because this is like the part where I get to listen and just enjoy it because I, I'm so bad with the lineup. So I want you, you two want to talk about the lineup of how you guys are going to construct it. So you guys go right ahead. Just get into it. I want to hear it. All right. Um, well, I actually, I've been asked this so many times. So I just decided to do a cap friendly while we were in the middle of this. I think our first line, I think Kubelik and Taze are a lock for that first line, but it's just finding him a winger. I think that winger can be Brandon Hagel. I think if he brings that energy, I think Hagel would be awesome to see on that first line with Jonathan Taze. Um, second line, I think these two, Kane, Doc, and on the left side, Debrinkit, obviously oh. wearing the jersey. It would have been nice to have that second line jersey row up there, but decided to wear it because we're all wearing Debrinkit jerseys. Uh, that Such third a disgusting line. line. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't wait. Fully healthy Kirby Doc. Can't oh, wait. God. Um, that third line. I have Kurashev with Strom and Tyler Johnson. Yeah. I think it'll be an all right line, but I mean, I I just it's a, just a wait and see. Do we keep Strom? You know, obviously, I think Johnson's a lock for that third line. And do they play Kurashev enough now? Um, and then that fourth line, I've got Borgstrom, Gaudet, and Carpenter. I think Connolly, I don't see any room for Connolly because we obviously don't need another, like, we don't need a Connolly anymore. We, uh, I mean, Kara's probably going to rotate in, and Nylander's probably going to rotate in, and Nylander's probably going to force his way in because it's Nylander, and Colleton loves him for whatever reason. I hate him. I personally want to ship him off to Mars, but I yeah. think it, it's just all about that, so um yeah okay. the Please. defensive side i have uh mccabe and murphy for sure riley stillman and wyatt kalanuk on the third line they're actually no i've got uh i've actually got stillman with jones i think stillman with jones would be really cool to see i've got seth, mccabe and murphy seth jones. yeah seth jones yeah, yeah seth jones yeah <laughs> seth jones there's no way i think caleb jones you know <laughs> Yeah, and right. then Kalanuk and Mitchell. Obviously, the one notable omission to this is Calvin Nahan. I do believe he gets moved by opening night. Okay. And then, obviously, your goaltenders are your goaltenders. We all know that, so. Yeah. 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 And, you know, one thing I actually didn't uh, bring up, Lucas Reichel, where is he going to go? I, I think, actually, that first, that first line winger spot could go to Reichel. You know, move Hagel down to that third line, uh, replacing Kurashev. And then bringing up Lucas Reichel on that first line with Kubelik and Taze. I saw a lot of Lucas Reichel. I actually woke up at like 8 a.m. sometimes to watch illegal German hockey streams just to watch this guy. And wow. just watching his two-way game, just watching the improvement, watching how good he is in front of the net. I was talking to guys right after draft night who had been watching him and from Ice Bear in Berlin where he was playing. I actually want one of those Ice Bear jerseys. They look so sick. But I think Lucas Reichel – Put him like putting him on the first line could be an option. I think they might work his might work their way into that. But I think for right now, Kubli, Kays, and Hagel to start. If Reichel makes it out of camp, put Reichel on the first line easily. He's that playmaker type. He's that guy who can get in front of the net. I think setting up for Tays and Kubli, I think that'd be awesome. Okay. Yeah, my... sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
the lineup in my head is relatively similar. Um, I have a bomb six is probably going to be relatively different. I do have uh, in my mind that I did write down a long time ago, and I, I just don't know where that paper went. Also, I, I do remember I totally forgot about Dylan Strom when I did that lineup on that paper <laughs> right. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, like, I was looking at it not too long ago. I'm just like, oh shit, where did he go? I don't know. That's why I was like, I don't. It's crazy how they just don't know. We we all know where guys will play because you don't definitely don't want Dylan Strom on the fourth line, right? But I have, I think Kubelik and Taze are, you just have to put them together. Have to. Um, For sure. And then I think it's just a young guy that goes up there and plays with them. That's what they've always done, at least to start the year. They've normally just throw a young guy or, you know, Brendan Saad, but, you know, he's not coming back as of now. Maybe change tomorrow. (laughs) But um, so I would, I I just, I think Borsham has more potential than, uh, casual fans realize so I think you throw him up there see if he can do anything to start the season if not you know put him down a third um, or maybe throw him with uh, Kane and put uh, Debrinket up although mm-hmm. I would love to keep that Debrinket Doc Kane line I know they kind of suck towards the end of the year especially with Kane not really scoring goals injury in those points you know. but yeah, the role on that, but yeah, uh-huh. but uh, it, it's, it is notable though that they didn't really do much, towards right? The end. Right, um, so maybe did you throw them together, see if they play well? If not, then you move one of uh, the brinket, or maybe even move Doc to the, the wing. I don't know if you want to do that, he's a big body who can win a face off, so um, but yeah, maybe move Alex up, and then second, that's the second line and third line. Uh, I think Johnson is like uh, uh, Nolan said, uh, is blocked in on the third line. With I would put probably Hagel. If you do not put Hagel on the fourth line, I really just I hate to see it. He, he can get points for you. I, I truly believe it. Um, and then I don't know Nylander. I where is he gonna go? It's so stupid. This lineup's so weird. I guess I'd throw Goddard. I think Goddard at the moment has more value in other areas of the game and can do other things, especially with two energy guys. If you throw a lazy ass like Nylander on a line with Johnson and Hagel, who are both running across the ice and, you know, nonstop, you know, going through that, like, that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt, man. So you throw Goddard in there, that could be a really one of the top energy lines if they can get going. And then the fourth line, I don't think it really matters. You throw Carpenter. Carpen, I think Carpenter's a very good uh, defensive player, so you throw him on the fourth. Uh, sub in Connolly every now and then. Kurashev, maybe. I don't really want to see him on the fourth. He's not really big. He doesn't really do anything defensively. So who knows? Um, and then Kahara. Is it Kahara? Kara, just just Kara. Kara, Kara, Kara. Um, I'm not biggest fan of him, but I guess you throw him in every now and then. You can get a solid defensive line going. Um, so yeah, I don't know what happens to Dylan Strong. I don't have him in my personal lineup. I okay. Don't like him on the wing. He gets really confused. I he can't win face off. He was at like a fifty percent, fifty four percent in Arizona when we traded for him. He can't win a face off, but. It's tough because Johnson's like locked in for that third or fourth line center, and yeah. I think I think Carpenter has so much responsibility on that fourth line defensively. 
so you don't you don't move him off the fourth line. So center-wise, it's kind of a logjam for the first time in forever, and people are saying it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. We've been dying for a good center core. Oh, this is a good problem to have. This is a very good problem to have. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, so extras you probably keep Kershev or Nylander subbing in with uh, Kara and Connolly. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> this is tough. I know it's Connelly's crazy. Probably, maybe send Connolly to the AHL. I guess I don't know if he'd like that. All right. And defensively, yeah, uh, Murphy, McCade, uh, Dehan probably will get traded or something. Jones and Stillman. I don't. I do not like uh, Kyle Nuck Mitchell lineup just because the inexperience is not great. Right. So maybe throw Jones with uh, Mitchell, and I think that could be a solid defensive pair. Like honestly, two righties. You like that? Two righties. Yeah. Yeah, me. I don't know. Kyle Nuck. I think Kyle. Cal Nuck with Jones might be nice, but and then Mitchell with Stillman, probably fine. But that the inexperience of this defense is going to be rough to start. Caleb Jones was talking about. It. He's like, yeah, I'm like one of the only guys in this team right now that has like a hundred games. Right. Hundred games. That's like two seasons, bro. Did we even <laughs> like mention Hardman? Like, there's just like we're just there's just Hardman guys that might be a guy that you call up. And tw- yeah, and like, like, I like and. Is- crazy it's, it seems like they're higher on hardman than i am i just see him as like you throw him in every now and then get some hits the end whistle i am decently high on i think he can be a solid fourth if maybe a fringe third liner but he i think he he was i read an interview of him in uh when he was on in the ohl still and he was like yeah i know um i'm trying like my career projection is to be like this defensively sound type of uh, bottom six player. And I can respect that. So we'll see if he gets a couple games in, he'll probably be in the AHL to start. Reichel, I can see pushing for a spot for that first line, but I think it would be good to get him into some North American games in the AHL, let him settle. We don't need to rush rush this player. Mm -hmm. I think we got to take our time with him, like Boquist or something. Um, And then – yeah, then goalies is pretty obvious. Right. These are goalies. And you know, it's like, dude, I, I wanted to say for a moment, like, oh, well, we'll see what guys are like, maybe, you know, this team might look a little, a little different next year with contracts expiring. There's only five U of A's next year. Two of them are Lankanen and Fleury. We know that Fleury's probably gone for this year. Lankanen's clearly going to stay, should be staying. Murphy's a UFA. They'll probably find a way to try to resign him. DeHaan might be gone. He's going to be UFA. And the only other one is Ryan Carpenter. Either than the, other than that, you either got RFAs or people on deals already. So I don't, I don't know what this. This is just crazy. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, obviously you, uh, Shaw, who's a UFA, but that's a different story. Uh, Injured reserve, but yeah, I, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's nuts, man. It's nuts. This, this roster can look severely different in like two or three years. Right. But well, I want to be optimistic. You're, you're keeping yeah. Doc. You're keeping the Brinket. Those are guys not, not tradable. Uh, Borgstrom, if he plays well, you're keeping him. Hagel for your sake got dead. Hagel's not going anywhere, but everyone else, like said, Jones isn't going anywhere. I don't think McCabe's going to go anywhere, especially after he proves how well and sound he defensively is. Kalnuk, if he can prove it, I don't see him going anywhere. But outside of those couple guys, I don't know. I know it's might be a rough time for the Hawks if they suck. Everyone's gone and traded. Also. That the first day trade for next year is top two protect uh, protected. So, if we suck, 
we're getting a good player. That's a that's a good point. If if we win the uh the lottery. Um, Shane Wright sweepstakes. Yeah. Shane Wright, uh Matthew Savoy or um what's the other guy's name? Brad Lambert. Oh uh, Lambert. Yeah. Um all three of those guys are studs. I uh I guess one of the last things we can do is predictions for where they're going to finish. I mean, this, this has to be a playoff team. This has to be it's a playoff, playoff team. Or bust. Um, where, where they finish in the division. I don't know. I, I have them as, you know, slotting forth if they do it, but that's not my actual prediction. I actually don't think they're going to make the playoffs because I feel like if I'm too optimistic, then they'll not live up to my expectations. So I'm going to go thinking in the worst way possible. And that way they hopefully outlive my expectations. But where do you guys think they finish in our, uh, the division, the central here? I think it's uh it's pretty clear that Nashville is going at least, at least they're trying for a rebuild. So I think you can count them as down. I don't think Dallas is as good as everyone thinks. No. Maybe I'm just lower on them than others, but I, I don't think they're going to do well. I think they're going to take a major step backwards. St. Louis might surprise me, but I don't, I'm not too scared about them. Sides going to get 40 I, goals. Just watch. Just watch. <laughs> But um, I just I, I think yeah obviously you get in the two uh, wild cards in the central the the other guys are not getting it sorry to um who is it the, the San Jose Sharks and I don't they're not going in and, and uh, no <laughs> I don't know who else can challenge for the wild card besides the teams within the central. Um, but I think it's wild card or, or wild card spot or bust. I don't think they can really challenge those top, top couple teams. Obviously not Colorado, uh, Winnipeg. Maybe if their offense could come out, they, I know they signed a couple D-man. Um, I forgot who was the biggest D-man they signed, or that they traded for um, Schmidt from Vancouver. Schmidt, Schmidt should be good for them. Uh, it should make a nice pairing with the Mellow, uh, and obviously they have Hellebuck, but. I think it's one of the wild card spots, or or they're not in, or, or they're just they're they're fucked. They have Dylan too. It's a, yeah, it's a crazy uh, team there in Winnipeg. It's crazy uh, on the defense at the very least. See what the offense does. <laughs> um, Marshall, I won't even play the opening night. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, I'm not kidding. But uh, yeah, uh, Nolan, where do you think they're uh, finishing? Uh, I mean, it's so hard to predict. I mean, you've got six teams in the Central alone who are going to challenge for potentially four to five playoff spots. I don't think Nashville is going to make it. I don't think Arizona is going to make it. I think Arizona, yeah, Arizona is just off in their own little world. They're going to have their rebuild in three to four years complete or something like that. Or who knows that they even complete it at all with how shitty their franchise is. Right. Uh, Nashville, I think Nashville taking that step forward with uh, UC Soros in the net. But I don't, I think trading away Ryan Ellis, you know, is a huge indicator of where they're going. Dallas, I'm higher on Dallas than Eli is only because they're getting back Tyler Sagan, a guy who can be an elite forward. I think getting him back is pretty huge and getting back Ben Bishop, even though they've already got Ottinger as well. I mean, what are you going to do with that goaltending situation? They have four goaltenders. They have four NHL goaltenders. They have to trade two of them. Yeah. I mean, we sort of do too with, you know, Dealey and Suvan, but can I really count him as NHL goaltenders? No, just goaltenders with NHL experience. No, they have like NHL certified goaltenders. They have four goaltenders right. who should be, and they just signed one of them. So Holtby's going to be in the NHL with the Dallas Stars. 
Ottinger should be in the NHL. He he was pretty nice towards the later half of the season. I think he has above a nine ten save percentage. Um, I think nine nineteen or something like that. He had a nice save percentage, nice season. Yeah, he was pretty good. Uh, Bishop, I'm, I Matt knows I'm not a Bishop fan. He's, no, he's always not. hurt. You don't need that for Dallas. If you're a Dallas fan, I think you have to trade him, but it's going to cost you something. It's yeah. he has a big contract for another couple of years or something. That's a big contract, and then. Kadobin, I think you trade him now is I think he's only going to get worse. Unfortunately, you know, he's a great yeah, guy. I'd, Love Dobby. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I completely agree with that. I could, I totally did not realize that Holtby had actually been signed to the Stars. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, they, I, it's unbelievable. Crazy off season, yeah. And then looking at the Blues, I mean, obviously with the Blues, they signed Buchnevich, which I think was huge. Did mm. they get rid of Dunn? I can't remember if they can't. Yeah, they got rid of Seattle. Dunn. Yeah, they got rid of Don to Seattle, correct. Um, Tarasenko wants out, too. Yeah, Tarasenko wants out. I think, you know, they're so – I don't really know how to really gauge St. Louis. I mean, obviously, if you know me, I hate Jordan Bennington. I absolutely despise Jordan Bennington. So, I think he's a one-hit wonder. I don't – I mean, he's he's an all-right goaltender, but when it comes to playoffs, he's, he's not your guy unless you get 2019 Jordan Bennington again. But who really knows? I mean, they had the depth last year, but they couldn't really – they had so many injuries to that depth as well, I think, which kind of hurt them. But obviously, you got the locks in the Avalanche. You got the lock in the Jets, I think. And then the Wild, again, I think it's so iffy, obviously, with the Kaprizov situation. You really don't know what's going on there. I mean, they had breakout stars like, you know, Capo Kakinen, who I'm really surprised Seattle did not take. I know. Very, very surprised Seattle did not take. <laughs> and a lot I'm also, of weird things. Yeah, Seattle did. Uh, yeah. Just look at John Quinville. <laughs> um, you can, you I think, can point to Philly, San Jose, Minnesota, it's, Winnipeg. Yeah, they set up ex- to the weird players. Like, what the hell? I think actually Carson Soucy would not be bad for them, but Captain was right there. Why don't you take him? Right. But obviously looking at the wild, you know, breakout stars in Kapanen, you know, Joel Erickson act, I think can really stand out as a top two center, maybe even a top one center. He was, I think getting selfie nominations as well. He looked really, mm-hmm. really good. I think, you know, it's just going to be such a dog fight. I really hope that the Hawks make it, but you know, I'm going to say, you know, in that four to five range, going for that second wild card. That's what I'm going to say. Because okay. looking at the Pacific, all three of those California teams, they're done. Vancouver, eh, I don't really know how to gauge Vancouver right now because they don't have Pedersen or Hughes signed to a contract. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much my thoughts on the, on the Hawks. I, I, I'm hoping fourth spot and we play, you know, the Golden Knights again, just for revenge, just for flurry. That'd be great. Uh, the other thing too, that I didn't really talk about, we, you guys had taste in your lineup as we should. He did announce on Twitter that he's, you know, coming back. And when that first came out, all the reporters were like, Oh, that taste is coming back. And I'm like, that's not exactly what he said. He said he, he, he wants to be back. He's happy to be back on the ice. And, but Sam Bowman even came out and said, they're working with Taze and they hope to see him back on the ice. But he said, we're not really confirming that he will be on the roster opening night. So should be back in the lineup at some point. We'll see how effective he is. Um, but I, yeah, I, with a healthy Taze and everything healthy doc, just crazy stacked on, on forwards. 
Um, this, this top should nine be, should be fantastic. Yeah, th- this should be a playoff team. There's no reason for it. And I expect them to be a playoff than- team last year. So that just goes to show you <laughs> right there. It's a lot better than David Camp at 1C. So anything yeah. is better than that. <laughs> um, I don't have anything else to say. If you got, Unless you guys do, we have eight minutes. I'll kick us out again. I figured we would just wrap before that happens. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about with the Hawks? Um, feel free. Because I, I personally have nothing. So. Um, pretty set on the Hawks, just, you know, optimistic. Hopefully Taze comes back fully healthy and uh, we're contending for that playoff team again. I want to see Blackhawks hockey in spring. It's just, I missed it so much. It's just something that's needed. Well said. Yeah, Eli? The, the Hawks, I feel across the NHL, I mean, maybe we're biased. I mean, we're, we are Hawks fans after all, but seeing a, um, just a really good Hawks team that, that can, you know, go a couple rounds in the playoffs. I feel like the NHL is just better with it. I mean, it is probably just me being biased, but I think if you go across the league or if you go on, you know, the YouTuber hockey, hockey accounts, you'll see that, or just sports accounts, you'll see that it, with all those Chicago teams, a lot of these people will say like, they're not even Chicago fans. They'll say, you know, their respective sports are better when the, the Chicago teams are doing well. That might, be, some people are probably being like, oh, you know, the Chicago fans are going saying this, but I think it's true. Like, love them or hate them, Chicago is a really fun place for players to go, um, you know, for sports to be. And they have some great ways to fund these, these games. So hopefully they come back. As a Hawks fan, please come back. Um, just hoping and praying. Yeah, uh, hopefully Jeremy Colleton also just manages them the right way that's also a big deal as well and uh last thing i just wanted to say real quick i just also yeah i know you guys agree with me too i just hope everything gets situated with the whole investigation and i hope that's dealt with well it won't be it won't be dealt with by the season but just like just i guess hopefully there's more clarity and uh yeah i don't really have anything else to say about that um and that's it no one usually this is the part where uh, we let you chirp somebody, uh, whether that's an editor friend, whether that's a non-editor, I don't really care. Or you can be the nice guy and just say, no, nah, I'm good. Um, but there's anyone you want to call out or shout out or it can be nice. Um, but yeah, this is your time for that. Uh, oh, man, I'm really not going to chirp anybody. I really got nothing to say. I mean, I'm personally just, you know, just getting ready, just getting ready for the fall. Football season's back. Playoff baseball. Hockey's back. The end. NBA. You know what? I will trip the NBA. Fuck the NBA. I'll trip the NBA. I agree. You know, outside the of the Bulls, the Bulls are going to be good this year, but you know, the Bears are back. The Bulls are back. The Hawks hopefully are back. The White Sox, even though I hate them, they're good for the city. So Chicago sports are on the rise and I love it. Okay. He went the nice guy route. So yeah, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Uh, that's all I have. That's all UI has. I'm assuming too. You're good. All right. Well, this has been episode 26 of the Clap Bomb podcast. I know it was heavily Blackhawks related, but uh, be happy that we did this now because we'll probably be able to be a little bit more quiet about the team uh, going forward. So uh, and cover some other teams finally. So again, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Nolan, it was a blast to have you on. Uh, you're, you're Thanks welcome for back. having me on, guys. Welcome back anytime. And uh, that has been episode 26 of the Clap Bomb podcast. We will see you sometime. Can't tell you when, but sometime for episode 27. All right, take care, guys.